0: Hi and welcome to Miss Peace Week's podcast. My name is Tommy, and this is another episode on the Miss Peace Week Spotlight series. So today I have the amazing Gary Sirak. He is an author, a financial advisor, and a public speaker. He is from. Ohio in the United States and he is an author like I mentioned he has written two amazing books the first one is the American Dream Revisited and the second one is if your money talked what secrets would it tell so um, Gary is someone that has taken his life experiences and just turned it around to use that as an inspiration for him to also Impact knowledge into other people and just help them make better choices as they go, not just with life generally, but with their finances more importantly. So, without further ado, sit back and let's get right into meeting Gary (laughs) Sirach.
1: I am currently running a series on my podcast. It's called the um, Spotlight Series, where I just find people that are making impact and people that are doing great with what in their craft or whatever it is that they do, and just share their story and shine the spotlight on them with this series. And you and everything that you do with your book, you know just working in finance and all of that it just stands for what I stand for with this series and I would love to share your story with my audience
2: well, that'd be great yeah i yeah it's a, it's always it's always interesting uh talking to people it's one of the things I truly enjoy about uh what I've done, written books, and it's given me the opportunity to meet people I would have never met and talked to people I would never have talked to, and uh, it's a kind yeah. of fun crossing paths. So, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. So, um, if you don't mind, can you share your story? It's a beautiful story. I've read it, and I would just like to hear it from you and not just read it, just Hear it come from you because you know it's different when you're reading it, but when it just comes straight from the heart when you're telling that story, it's beautiful. You talked about how your family went from struggling. Yes. And you had there was no money. You guys struggled, and pretty much honestly, that's the story for most people. And then they just have this breakthrough, which your dad had, and your dad offered you your first job, and as a salesperson that shaped you into the person that you are, your dad turned around to become your mentor, and then now yeah. you're out mentoring people. So that story of how you transformed from being a very hungry salesman to being yes. a great salesman that is also impacting people, that's the story I want to hear. Sure. that,
2: that That's one I, I have deeply embedded in my soul. So, yeah, it's – um, so it, the – the reality of it is I, I grew up in a house um, built for three. There were six of us, uh, not the worst mm-hmm. conditions in the world, but with, um, the money was pretty much nonexistent. My father mm-hmm. had worked for my grandfather in a business that eventually went, uh, went south and just didn't make it. And when that closed down, my father needed to find a job and do something he could finally try and earn a living at. Um, he struggled. He went into the life insurance business. There were three kids, uh, my grandfather and my mom and, and my father. And he was now going to have to support six of us, and he wasn't really very good at supporting any of us in the beginning because he, he had uh, a lot to learn, and and he was a student. So he spent literally years studying his product and, and how to sell life insurance to people, but didn't sell very yeah. much. And he ended up actually working on the weekends um, selling shoes, which he absolutely hated. Uh, I mean, he—I uh, I remember him coming home and being so frustrated because he didn't like touching people's feet, and that's what he did all day. Mm. And that was just one of those things that he would just—he
1: <laughs> oh, wow. would wash
2: his God Tony—he would wash his hands six, seven times. I mean, he just—it was <laughs> there was something about that. He would come in and whatever money he made, it just—you could just see it. Just he hated it, but that's what yeah. he had to do, and. You know, and I I talk to people all the time, and we talk about the American dream, and I think a lot of people misunderstand what the American dream really is. In my mind, it's food, clothing, and shelter, and and protection and safety, and, you know, I, I think those are the key things, and quite frankly, that's what I grew up in. We did not have a lot of food, we did not have a lot of clothing, and we did have a house and it was tight quarters there wasn't you know many places to go to be by yourself but you know like the bathroom mm-hmm. but it was pretty much you know it was tight <laughs> so uh yeah and that only worked somewhat so yeah we had one bathroom and you know it was kind of an interesting deal you know not and we weren't the worst people on the block or anything like that it's yeah. just where we were in life and and uh and that was what it, and and I tell people today it's funny three of my favorite foods are hot dogs uh, macaroni and cheese and um and you know it's it's interesting. Uh, bacon, lettuce and tomato. So I would eat those oh. a lot. And and I still <laughs> really love all three of those, by the way. Um you know, oh, yeah. give me a good good kosher hot dog with with uh, yeah, some I'm good with <laughs> that and, and give me some good macaroni and cheese. I, I make craft macaroni and cheese in my office all the time.
0: And uh, you know
2: and, yeah, so, and give me fresh tomatoes and I can find a bacon, list and tomato sandwich. So the funny thing is <laughs> I still like all those, but that's what we had to eat, and, and that's what we ate, and, and that was the way it was. And if it was something special, we would, um, we would do something different. You know, we might have something, you know, hamburgs or cheeseburgs or something, but quite frankly, it was, you know, it was lean. And then eventually, yeah. my father figured this out, and he started selling insurance, and he started selling a lot of it, and we went from not having anything to actually starting to have some things, and, you know, all of a sudden, we'd have better food, and we'd have better clothing, and mm-hmm. I'd have new clothing, and we didn't have that before, and and eventually we ended up with a new house, and which was pretty amazing, and it, it all sort of happened, uh, a lot of hard work on his part. And uh that's really what, what went down. And then I uh I went to school. Uh I was an athlete. I, I played basketball. And oh, if yeah. you ask me why I went to high school I was so I could play basketball. I mean that's really what I wanted to do. <laughs> and you know, and I wasn't that good, Tony, but I liked it, so that's what I did. I played yeah. basketball and that's where I spent my time and but in reality, uh went to college and, and got a degree in English and I like that a lot, and I don't know what I was going to do with that degree. I never did figure out exactly why I got an English degree, but it's come in incredibly handy, as it turned out. Mm. But when I got out of school, I realized that I was pretty unemployable as far as things go, because I wasn't going to be able to use my English degree, and basketball wasn't going to work. And... I needed to find something <laughs> I could do. So, yeah, a little too short and not that good. So anyway, uh ended up going into, uh, I sold auto parts, waxes and polishes for five years on the road.
1: Oh, and
2: that's mm-hmm. my first job. And I made a decent yeah, living. And then finally, I switched over into my father's company
1: yeah. and started
2: selling insurance. And And that's where I started to, my my world changed. I went from selling waxes and polishes to selling policies to helping people with their finances and their plans for the rest of their life. And that was a big difference, a very, you know, stark change in my life and one that I would say I wasn't really prepared for. (laughs) So I had a, oh, not even close, Tony, not even close. (laughs) So that's kind of how I got into the business. 63 years later, I, I own this thing, I run it, and we have a very nice company. And But along the way, the lesson that you mentioned, and there was one lesson that had to happen, and I finally figured mm-hmm. out, you know, and that lesson was um, a very hard lesson to learn. And that was to not think about money, but to start helping people solve problems. And if I help people solve problems, I would make plenty of money.
1: Um, That seemed
2: totally counterintuitive to me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like, no. I need the money so I can help people. (laughs) But then, at the end of the day, I I remember I had a guest um, on my Spotlight Series that also mentioned something similar, and he said, until you make your first million before you think about philanthropy, because if you start helping, and helping people, it Mm -hmm. motivates you to do more. And just want to make more money so that you can keep doing more so. Thank you.
2: Smart person, and, and they're right, yeah. <laughs> so, 100%. Yeah, and so what, what really happened is I, I really struggled in the beginning, and it's a very hard business to sell people life insurance and and help okay. them with their money because a lot of them don't really care and they can't think past, you know, 30 seconds. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the instant gratification thing is real, and as we all know. And so what happened is eventually what my father told me many, many times is to just, think about them and stop thinking about me
1: mm-hmm.
2: um worked and I really did do that and I transformed uh my career from you know being an okay career into an extremely good career where, you know, we basically help people and that's the goal here. I mean we have a we have sort of a, a saying in the company that our our biggest job is to figure out how to solve your problem and it really is. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And then the funny thing is we get really well-paid for helping people solve problems. And the other funny mm. part of it is there's a whole lot of problems I solve that I don't get anything for. So it's, um, cool. But we still solve the problems. It's just who we are and what we do. And someone asked me the other day, so how do you distinguish yourself? I said, well, I'm a problem solver. He said, well, lots of people solve problems. I said, yeah, but I don't care if they're big ones or small ones. We still try and help people solve them. And I don't care if they're rich oh. people or poor people. We still try and help mm. them solve
1: them. Awesome. That is amazing. Uh, So besides your life experiences and everything that you learned from your father and just as you've been growing and going in life, what other things inspired your book?
2: Well, I had a very interesting thing. So The American Dream Revisited, and I've written two books so far, If Your Money Talks, Mm -hmm. What Secrets Would It Tell?, then the American Dream Revisited. The American Dream Revisited book was really inspired uh, sitting in a coffee shop one morning in Canton, Ohio, down the street from where I I go to work. And Mm -hmm. I was listening to a table of um, college students describe the American Dream, except they didn't call it that. They called it the American Disaster. (laughs) And And that did not make me happy. And and I'm a listener and a a learner, so I'm sitting there one morning just kind of minding my own business, kind of thinking about the day, the week, the month, whatever I was thinking about. I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. But they came in and started talking, and they were very negative. They were talking about credit card debt and school loans and and a tough Mm -hmm. job market, and they were very negative except for one, one student. And one student said, he he argued with them and said, listen, I disagree. You know, I'm going to get a job. I pay off my college loans. I'm going to have a good life. He said, I, you guys are all complaining about something. Well, he didn't go very far. They they shut him down again, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but I walked out of, the, it's ironic, the name of the coffee shop is Karma Cafe. And oh. I walked out of there with some of the worst karma ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, It just was, I was in a bad mood. It just really bothered me. You know, 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm listening to these kids, these these kids I call them, because they're college kids and they are college
1: students,
2: (laughs) complain. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's not right. So it it really did Mm -hmm. trouble me. Um, And about four days later, in the middle of the night, I woke up in the middle of the night and thought, I'm going to write a book. And it's going to be about the positive side of the American dream. It's not going to be what those students were talking about. So that is really why that book was written.
1: Awesome. And if money talks, what secrets would it tell? What's the inspiration
2: behind that? Yeah, that one's different. That was just me as a financial advisor, which I've been for over Mm -hmm. 35 years. Um, I've been doing this a long time. I've met a lot of people who totally don't understand how money works. And they didn't have anyone teaching them they had no good role models they they had they don't teach it in the school system and mostly people were very clueless about how you get ahead with money and what you need to do and and how you get out of problems with money and and how you move forward instead of backward or standing still so i i just kept observing people making all these mistakes and it really bothered mm-hmm. me, and finally I got ticked enough that I said, I'm going to write a book about all the things you, you know, these people screw up on. Then what I did is I took real stories of clients of mine. I changed their names, changed their sexes, changed their jobs, changed everything, mm-hmm. but I told their story. And I pointed mm-hmm. out what they had done wrong, why they had done it wrong, and, and what not to do. And so that's really how that book came into to be.
1: Another one on the way. So, yeah, what that's is that really about? different. Yeah, the other one's
2: oh. called "How to Retire and Not Die." Hmm. And that will be done. That's in That's interesting.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, it's and that happened because, well, it, and and you'll relate really well to this. It, it mm-hmm. you're you have passion about mm-hmm. podcast, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. It gives you purpose and yes, it's uh, something you look forward to doing every you know every week correct mhm yes it is so when i have clients retire i ask them what are they passionate about what's their purpose going forward in life mm-hmm. and i can't begin to tell you how many of them don't have any idea And what I found is that if you don't know what you're going to do going forward, I mean, you've climbed this amazing mountain, you got to the top of the mountain, and now you got there and you don't know what to do next. Um, Mm -hmm. They had a tendency to get sick and die. Mm. And so it didn't matter how much money they had or how successful they had been before or how important they were, if they didn't have a plan going forward, they virtually died and and that's was mm. that happened a lot and it really was disturbing I you know I like some of those people <laughs> so uh I, I yeah it's really yeah so it, it it's just motivated me to work on a system for them so that they would have purpose they would have a plan they would be able to figure out what next really looked like and so that's what mm. the book's about you know it's what happens next why well, I, I have a a guidebook on how to get there and what you need to do. And I have um, exercises to do so you can help figure it out. And, and that's really what the book's about.
1: Awesome. 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 That is amazing. So I look forward to reading that. I am super excited that, you know, that is something that you're working on. Sounds amazing. So, um, yes, Uh if you had one message for the world, if there was something that you just want to share with people and just say, "Okay, this is my message,"
2: it would be. You know, it's funny. I, I've thought about this many times, and and someone asked me one time, "How did I become successful?" and And the answer was, I refused to fail. I I, I mean, I I might fail temporarily, but I refused to accept failure as an option. I just wasn't going to let it go. And I've really based my life on not failing. And, I mean, it sounds, you know, some people think, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it made a whole lot of sense to me because as I came up and and had things happen that weren't good, and everybody does, Mm -hmm. it's the real world, so... Bad things happen all the time. I just was in a point where I said, "Okay, I'm going to overcome that, and I'm going to make sure that happens in a positive way, and I'm going to do the best i can and Yes, I may fail, but I'm going to come back and keep trying until I don't fail and oh, What I find cool. is too many people don't they just don't have the persistence of the stubbornness that I had or you know, they could. They were smarter than I was. <laughs> you know, I I was so stubborn. I just kept going. You know, I hit the wall, hit the wall. Pretty soon, the wall broke, and I said, "Okay, well, that was I'm sore, but the wall's gone." That's kind of how I played it, and and unfortunately, I don't see as much of that today as I as I would like. I mean, I think that's a great trade. It was good for me. Now, I will say, that you have your damage control. You know, you hit the wall enough that hurts um maybe my <laughs> yeah. hair is a bit grayer than it should be or you know whatever but the truth of the matter is i just would i just was i just would not accept failure as an option just to mm-hmm. me and and that book the american dream was all about people who refused to fail yeah. i mean all kinds of mm-hmm. circumstances that they should have quit many times and they didn't quit and they became successful in their own way and it wasn't all about money it was just their lives that's kind of what mm-hmm. my driving factor is.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Gary. Like, this has been an amazing am that I had with you. I've learned so much from I hope people out there will get your book, read about it, and also get something from you because you are just changing the world in your own little way and helping people, you know, understand how... To leave and enjoy this, wherever it is that they are, just knowing how to live life and just go without just struggling. Like you're helping people get out of the mindset of struggling, and that is a very important thing that people need to know how to do. So I want to say thank you to you for that.
2: Oh, you're very welcome. And and I, I one last thing I will say is that it. Yes. it's small steps everything was small uh-huh. steps. I never had you know huge leaps. i never you know I never was it a hundred yard dash. It was always a twenty six mile marathon yeah it that's what it was, and so mm. people have a tendency to get you know they they think they can run a hundred yard dash and win, and that's not the way this game's played at least the way i've played it it's everything is small, and I have to remember to look back and see where I came from to feel a sense of accomplishment because it is a frustrating deal but if you do yeah. that you'll find your frustrations drop off rather dramatically if you just see where you came from and and where you are today and you say wow um, you know you moved here eight years ago from africa look where you are today and what you're doing today could you have done that in africa would you have been able to you know, i True. don't know the answer but it's it's how i look at my life and it's the only way i can look at it because i don't have any other way to go <laughs> So.
1: That yeah. Makes sense. Yep. It sure does. Thank you so much. And oh, you're very you welcome. For your time.
2: Yeah. And I hope a- you
1: have a good rest of your day.
2: You too, and you're a wonderful host. So, host
1: All right, also, right. Thank you
2: so much. <laughs> uh, you take care.
0: You as well. Bye-bye. I had an amazing time chatting with Gary. It was a very insightful conversation. I am so looking forward to his new book coming out this fall. So once it comes out, I will be glad to let you guys know. I will also love to have Gary back to have us chat about the book when it's out in the fall. Uh, I will have the information of his past two books in the description of this episode. Also, I will be giving out two free books to two listeners all you have to do is send me an email at mails at com. so it's going to be going out to the first two people that email me to let me know they want the book so two copies of each book so that's four <laughs> four listeners that will be getting free books so just send me an email mills at com, or you can send me a dm on any of my social media accounts it is at pod on instagram facebook and twitter And also, I have a podcast recommendation for you guys. So, I discovered Ideas Untrapped when I was looking for a finance-based podcast. Now that I'm trying to get myself familiarized with national development and stuff like that. So, um, Ideas Untrapped is a podcast about the primal importance of ideas in the development and progress of a nation. They talk to experts and thinkers in business, government, and academia to examine important ideas relevant to the problems Nigeria, Africa, and the world face today. And believe me, it's an amazing podcast. Like, that is one podcast that I look at and I'm like, yes, I'm trying to be like this. So you guys check it out. It's called Ideas on Traps. You can listen to it everywhere you enjoy podcasts you I will also have the information in the description and don't say I didn't do anything for you guys okay so till next time be loyal to the version of me that you know and do not judge me by my podcast have a good one guys Bye bye